mystery and horror, the air itself is filled with monsters. Children of the night, what music they make. Well, hello, all you monster fiends, and thank you for joining us for another deep dive, factoid-filled episode exploring Hollywood's most famous monsters. I am your mistress of terrimonies, Sam, and as and with me as always is Dan from Bleeding Marvelous. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. Do you know what I've said, Mistress of Terramonies, and nobody is going to get that I only pointed this out until later on. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Oh, God, the future. The future and the past. We are dealing with time travel, people. Oh. But today. My brain hurts. I, we have majorly confused people with this episode, and I apologise in advance. We had We were scheduled to do another episode mm-hmm. but that fell through but it is happening it's just going to yes. be in a few weeks time yes but i said in the chat we were doing frankenstein mm-hmm. we are not today no, no. we are doing probably one of the scariest in my opinions because we all know i hate the subject matter scariest monsters in hollywood scariest <laughs> this is a challenge for you i am aware I've eaten as well, so I am fully aware (laughs) that this could go south very quickly. Have you got a bucket? Or a bin? I've got something. We're all good. (laughs) I have a carrier bag over here. We're all we're all good. (laughs) So yeah, today's episode is all about Hannibal Lecter. Oh sorry, a doctor. Hannibal Lecter, MD. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You are. Oh, what was it on name um, Red Dwarf? Rimmer used to do his uh, swimming certificate. Oh, God. my <laughs> mum, silver swimming certificate. My mum literally has I S G one after hers, and it's her ice skating grade one certificate <laughs> from when she was a kid. No one questions it. She runs her. She's got her own business. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think she went to the Rimmer School of um, Letters after her name. So. It's where he goes, what was it like? He like, repeats them off and he goes, bronze swimming certificate, silver swimming certificate. <laughs> oh, today's <sighs> episode has taken a turn and we haven't even gotten into it yet. So I'll do the disclaimer and we'll crack on. So mm-hmm. everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group where we can have an open discussion. What we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of her nerdism. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> in the words of Dan, don't be, don't a, be a dick. Sue, Hannah, sorry. We're going to do it again. Dr. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter, MD. We should, you know, he got his doctorate. We should be respecting that. Uh, yes. So Dr. Hannibal Lecter, it was created by Thomas Harris, has been played by five different actors in film and TV. He is the smart ass walking, talking cannibal. We asked tonight 
if the lambs have stopped screaming as we bring you Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, so I can get my notes in order now. <laughs> I've never been more um, in line with the thought of, it's not the eating, but I like the, the there's this quote that they have. Yeah. Eat the rude. You know, oh. the, the quote, eat the rude. And I, yeah. I just think that's a fantastic quote. Not that I would, but I just think that there's such a refined, um, with both both of the ones that people know, which is Anthony Hopkins and obviously Mads Mikkelsen's version. Yes. They have such a refined elegance about them because of oh, the way yeah. they were supposed to be brought up in the in the storyline. Because mm -hmm. you're more a favour of the books than me, but the little bits that I have found, I didn't know. And that explains mm. so much. Uh, they have the whole um, how he was born into uh, some sort of very wealthy family mm -hmm. um and he was lithuanian yeah he's eastern european yeah um and and uh he his parents died so he moved in with his aunt or something yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, she was incredibly rich and she taught him how to enjoy fine dining and fine wines and have oh, yeah. a certain expectation of how to eat food and how to act and propriety and things like that so mm -hmm. When you watch the movies now, it takes a little, you notice things more about how he's very like, how Hannibal doesn't like it when people are rude and he chastises them quite heavily if they are. Um, very especially heavily. When, with Ray Liotta. Um, we won't go into that bit yet, but mm. where he tells him off, now, now, that's very rude. Well, I yeah. won't have that at my table, you know, no, and it's no. like. He's, um, yeah, he has a, a very... We talked about it in the uh, Gary Oldman episode when we covered a bit of Mason. Um, but he has a he has a a chord, and it is it, it the the chord really just goes down to how he was brought up, and the the sorry I'm looking for the the way to present himself as a gentleman. Mm -hmm. I would say he's the epitome of. I mean, now I know he's from Lithuania. Obviously, I always thought he was British because Anthony Hopkins, because that's just where your brain goes to, because he's a very, I know he has a hint of the Americans in his accent, but Anthony Hopkins, I just thought to myself, as Hannibal, he plays incredibly British and incredibly well, that that upper echelon of society accent, you know, that whole... Well, so you think it's like the Queen's English, don't you? It's exactly. like that, that level. However, if you watch back again very welsh in some parts <laughs> yeah well um yeah I, I, his I welsh accent does slip up from time to time but you have to be really listening and because of everything that's going on within you kind of like i just i can just pick it up ever so mm. slightly but if i just run through the guys who have actually played anthony hop anthony hopkins <laughs> <laughs> anthony no. hopkins He's played himself, um, who have played Hannibal Lecter, because I don't know if a lot of people know that, because everyone does just associate yeah. Lecter with Anthony Hopkins, and now, obviously, through the TV series, Mads Mikkelsen. But you have Hopkins, you have oh, the amazing Brian Cox, mm -hmm. um, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, Gasparth Yulil, and Aaron, was... Aaron Thomas. They, Them two are both in Hannibal Rising. They play younger and older. Hannibal, which 
One movie we will not be talking about because I have not seen it. I don't want to see it either. I'm the same. I kept looking at it and I kept thinking, don't do, do I want to do it? And then I was like, no, I really no. don't because it's going to take away everything that I like the mystery of not knowing much. Yeah. In that respect. And obviously Thomas Harris has already said it's not his finest work. He doesn't like it's it. Not. It was a rush job. Um, he was forced he, into it, and when you for when you're forcing someone in to do something, that's not the true depiction of where he wanted his character to start from. I don't think, anyway. Yeah, because he did offer an apology. He told everybody he was really and sincerely sorry for it. You offered um, people money back. <laughs> so, I mean, in that opinion, if the guy who wrote it, who mm -hmm. wrote the original, well, I say the original trilogy, but you know what I mean, the three, mm -hmm. um, you know, had his fingers in those pies, and then. He cranked out a fourth and he was like, don't watch it. It's dog shit. Have your money back. You yep. know, you're going to go, all right, I'm going to gonna take your We're advice just, on that one. I'm going to stay far away from that as I possibly <laughs> fucking can. Um, I wasn't too thrilled about the Hannibal Rising anyway, regardless of that, because there is a level of, why can't I get my words out tonight? There is a level of like secrecy that I quite like about yeah. Hannibal. Yeah. I like that. Don't get us wrong. You do get to find out a bit more about him in Red Dragon and mm -hmm. Hannibal. And when I talk about him, I am simply only referencing books and movies because I'm not versed up on Hannibal, the TV series. I watched the first one and I said to Dan last night, that is not my Will Graham. Yeah, see, I've I've seen, I think I've seen all three seasons, but I don't remember season three that well. Um, I've, but... I've not. That for me in the TV series, I will quick quickly touch upon it now, mm -hmm. but we're not really going to go into detail about it. Um, is the kills the way that because they have the budget? Mm -hmm. I mean, they had the budget on the movies. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but the kills in the TV series were unlike anything you'd seen in the movies because it's Hannibal on the run, Hannibal yeah, in prison, to, so yeah. you don't get to see his work that no much. no absolutely not and with but, this being the red dragon evolution mm -hmm. um before he gets caught um you get to see some absolutely mental things that mads does and and it's like the human totem pole was one of the the most grotesque you know why does that make me laugh i'm so sorry <laughs> Well, what he does is he takes seven bodies and he dismembers them all and makes them into a totem pole. And there's something really beautiful about it. But it's like the closer you get, the more you realise what it is you're looking at. And um, they use bodies. He used bodies from like 1700s up to a brand new kill on this totem pole. Wow. And it's like Will Graham's trying to dissect the, the purpose of it and stuff like that. And that episode, I think, season one, episode nine. Mm. Um. So you can even find just that scene on YouTube if you look hard enough, but it's it's one of those ones which that stuck with me the most out of pretty much all the kills. It, there was just something about it that made you go, oh, that's, oh, that's beautiful. What am I looking oh, at? Oh, well, what the fuck is that? Well, is that a hand? <laughs> is that a foot? <laughs> I do I remember mean, in the first season there being some beautiful, like, I, I don't know why something with antlers is like sticking out in my oh. head. Um, I just, the, it's that, but the, they can be a bit more creative on the TV show because yeah. they have the time to flesh it out and make it more 
beautiful and um, i just remember watching it and they made out that will was some sort of like crazy fucking genius mm. and he's not the only reason will is as good as he is is because of lecter and they give far too much credit to will that he did this like these amazing things without him yeah. if it's if you do if you watch red dragon mm -hmm. the first scene with um great edward norton and and anthony hopkins when they're in the study together the two they're bouncing off each other mm -hmm. and he's like he knows the answer obviously he knows the answer because it's him but he's still coaching them yeah and getting them to to get there by himself and it was just and if you notice the first time when he realizes that it's him when he looks into the cookbook and he sees the Sweet actual uh, yes <laughs> when he sees it that was an accident he wasn't looking for that book mm -hmm. graham like will graham is not this like massive yes he's very intelligent and he's very he's very good in his in these investigation skills but he's not fucking psycho crazy like genius level that mm. they made him out to be in the tv show and that's what was infuriating us if they toned him down a bit it was almost like he was cursed. Oh my god, I'm so cursed with this ability. That's that, pretty much it. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's very was much not, like that. that is not what Will Graham's like. Mm. Um, and it was so fucking annoying. <laughs> the thing with the TV series and the antlers was they used the analogy of a uh, Wendigo, mm. so that they were trying to compare lecter to a wendingo because he skins the victims takes his time eats them you know that's what the wendingo does you know it tortures the victim because the fear mm. makes the meat taste better and things like that so they use that uh so you see like mads all black with antlers quite a lot um because it's his spirit projection i don't know but it's mm. it's that that that's the idea that i think they're getting at obviously open to interpretation but um my face yeah, is I already mean... starting to go paler i can see it <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh i will get through this have i ever spoke about silence alarms i think i can't remember if i have i have done so many episodes of a pod of podcasting i generally can't remember what i've talked about now and again but i feel like my stomach's going to do a few turns in this episode would and i be right in... go on sorry no go on I was just gonna say, would I be right in saying the trilogy goes Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs, and then Hannibal? Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because Hannibal, he's escaped, hasn't he, after Clarice? Yeah, because he escapes yeah. at the end of Silence of the yeah. Lambs. Yeah, because I was trying to figure it out, and for some reason, my brain was going, I don't know if that's right or not. It did. It's it's weird because Hannibal came out first, and then Red Dragon came out afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because at the end of Sands and Lambs, he's going. I'm going to have an old friend over for dinner. That's it. Yep. Yes, and then yeah, it is. And but he's he's well gone mm. by the time Clarice. She's not even looking for him. Um, did you know that actually after the end of Hannibal, Anthony Hopkins wrote his own screenplay for the end of hannibal what was it called hannibal but it's on my computer somewhere it was like hannibal's end or something mm -hmm. um killing lecter no hannibal ending that's what it was called hannibal right. ending and the and it was it was going to be clary's finally having her day with him and ending his life and it didn't get used 
But I mean, I know the book finishes it off completely different. Um, from when I've gone through, it's the relationship between Clarice and, and Lecter becomes um, something more. Yeah, um, there is seeing. something there. Yeah, you see it. You see it. It kind of like hinted at at the um, in the end, especially in the kitchen a lot. Mm-hmm. And he is very protective over at this. And because in his eyes, if you look at it from his perspective, he's only killing these people. Take the cannibalism out of it mm-hmm. for a minute. He's only killing these people because of their imperfections and because yeah. of, of rudeness. She's not like that. He still has feelings. He still is a person. Mm-hmm. And he does have a lot of affection for her because he had she had a lot of affection for him in just the way he what she was with him she wasn't scared of him no she didn't treat him like a fool or an idiot uh-huh. she treated him like a normal human being so there is some sort of like affection there that is already planted well before we get into hannibal I think um, it was more like a mutual respect than a yes, lover uh-huh. thing, though. So for me, when I found out that they turn into lovers or partners, yeah, because one of the ends is she she elopes with him in the book, and they go because the FBI obviously said do one love, and uh, in the book she elopes with Hannibal, and they they run into the distance, you know, as as lovers, and it's like. It, that to me is peculiar because all the way through, mm-hmm. he just for me he held her in such such a good self like place. It, mm-hmm. it, it seemed it to ruin like, it when I heard that. I was like, oh, it felt no. almost like father and daughter. Yes, I I just didn't. That made me feel incredibly uncomfortable when I read that. I was like, oh no, yeah, no, no, because it, it it is a sense of father and daughter. It's like it's like he, how he was with Will. He never gave off that sexual tension. No. There was none of that. It was more so like he wanted. He was always trying to protect her by giving her the clues and giving her the. Uh, yeah. He gave her the time of day, and you know, it, it was like that for and him. Letting is her precious. figure out, letting, yeah. but letting her figure it out, and that's what he did with Will. He, he, he never told Will anything, mm-hmm. but he would always point him in the right direction. Because if we go, if we, if we go back to Red Dragon, yeah, we'll start with that. Well, that one. Start. We'll start with Red Dragon. Because I can fucking talk a yarn on this one. I don't even need fucking notes for this. Um, with Red Dragon, the, if I'll take from the the actual film because the book, to be honest, is very fucking similar. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not a great deal difference. And the chances are more people have seen the film than read the exactly. book. Exactly. I'm thinking I could be wrong, but you never know. The opening of this movie is absolutely spectacular. Um, after the after the initial scene with them two and the the storybook of newspaper clippings to get you up to date oh. is just absolutely brilliant. And obviously, given you, it's a very quick way to get to know somebody. Yeah. Without having to actually watch it being played out, because Will is he's a detective. And he solved a very big case with the help of Dr. Hannibal Lecter. And he's now on this other big case of people. Very, um, who was the last person to go missing? Because they ate him at that dinner and he got captured. He was a cellarist or something or a Um, violinist. Well, I found out today that that might not have been the case. Um, basically, he had the. It, it was the Philharmonic or one of the, mm-hmm. the like the people he had around for tea, 
um and it was a flutist that was playing really badly that's it yes and i found out today that um in when you look at the silence of the lambs when they mm-hmm. go into buffalo bill's uh lair whatever you want to mm. call it there's a big jar with his head in and it is labeled benjamin raspel and that was the flutist so they're saying now that buffalo bill had him as his first victim not lecter and he didn't feed him to his friends <laughs> according to the law this is what i, I have saw. gone so fucking cold so- and all you said was head in a jar <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I need to get past this. Like, I can watch like the 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 scariest of like spooky shit and gory shit, and this just it's making me hands go funny. It really does. It. <laughs> I think it's the. I think it's because it takes. It goes back to that initial. Like, this is the first movie that like to my core scared right. me. Like to my core, and it wasn't anything to do visually with the movie. It's the idea and the behind it. That there's really people out there that do this <laughs> but then he's not like for me he's not a savage and he wouldn't have that it's very no well thought out very well planned very meticulous beautiful. in a, and in a yeah. sense beautiful yeah he, he just doesn't want anything less than what he feels he deserves perfection he should have yeah pure perfection in his kills in his it i know i'm jumping ahead here but the, the see you only ever see him kill in silence of the lambs once twice once the jail scene yes the which is that that's what tilted us out of the edge that was a bit that still to this day makes us like i can't eat when i'm watching that bit um but you see him do that and you can you remember the swings and he's doing it in time with the music and it's all an act and it's all performance based and it's mm-hmm. yeah he's very meticulous with how he does his kills and the setup with the big grand gesture of the guy on the side of the jail with a flag which still to this day haunts my images <laughs> but that's where they've haunt, like harking back to last week's episode with Gary Oldman mm-hmm. when he played uh oh god what is his name which film uh in leon when he played the policeman in leon stan i've gone blank uh when he played him he used to listen to buck before he uh when he was ready to kill Mm -hmm. and he took that gary from lecter Mm. in silence of the alarms because lecter listened to a lot of buck or bark depending on how you say it but um yeah basically gary borrowed that from anthony that makes total sense yeah and that to get so him cool in the frame of mind to do the things he was going to do so yeah well going back to red dragon the with the opening scene you get you, you get to see the relationship between will and hannibal lecter and how we like we've been talking about how he coaches him doesn't tell him just coaches him and he accidentally stumbles across a cookbook that just completely incriminates Lecter instantly you'd think to yourself I should move that book <laughs> unless he left it there on purpose unless he did unless he completely you know knew his time was up and 
maybe it was time to hand himself in. I don't see him thinking that along those lines. But no, but even I, Will said he wouldn't make a mistake. I don't know if he thought he would look at it. I think that was a factor. He might have thought there's a chance he will, a chance he won't, but I don't think he will. Mm -hmm. But then Will did. So yeah. I and think that might have been a risk he took. Well, then you have a great fight scene that ends with both of them on the floor. Mm -hmm. um, Will is shot and we get this, like I said, this beautiful montage of newspaper articles because this movie has, oh, so sad, but it has Philip Seymour Hoffman in playing him. One of my favourite characters he's played is Freddie Lowndes. Um, it's great. Did you know Jack Black was supposed to be cast originally? I didn't, but my God, I could see him still play. I could genuinely see him play it. I'm glad Philip Seymour Hoffman got it. Yeah. Not that it's a big part, but I don't know. I, there's nothing like seeing a man on fire on a wheelchair going, can't you see he's the man <laughs> he's on fire as he's running down the road? You know what I mean? It's like Jack. Tony he's a shiny there. golden guard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, I am going to have that song on my head now. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, man. I was sick of it when it was doing the rounds. Sorry. Brain fart. I was sick when it was being played on TikTok all the time. And I was like, well, it was all, that's all I could sing. God damn it. <laughs> um, but I could see, you can see why Jack Black would have been picked for that because of the way that Philip Seymour Hoffman plays Freddie Lowndes. Um, who was played Very. by a woman in the TV series that infuriated us, and I don't know I why. And I just think because her. I just think hated it's because her. that's not that's not who I picked. Like Freddie was, he was so fucking smarmy, and he like he was very good at what he did because mm -hmm. the Tatler is a shit rag. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> a manipulation thing, isn't it, Jenna's? And mm -hmm. they have to manipulate. They have to find a way to get the worst out of people to get the stories. Yeah, and, and Philip Seymour did. Hoffman just gave off that uh looks like he drinks whiskey smokes a thousand fags has it looks fast like he's food stinks. in his car yeah smells he looks like he stinks it's that anorak as well that everyone yeah. was issued with in the 70s yes. that he seems still seems to have in the 80s 90s uh -oh. whenever this is filmed Ni like, i think it's 90s oh just... i think it's like late 80s early 90s i believe i believe yeah. um, i know it but... came out in 20 uh 2002 oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I couldn't work out where it was supposed to be in the timeline age-wise because... It's hard yeah. because you, then you've got to figure out where Silence of the Lambs falls. In the middle. So I'm guessing that's late 80s. But at the end, no, no, because Red Dragon instantly follows, or Silence of the Lambs instantly follows Red Dragon because at the end... Yes, correct. You yeah. Get, yeah, so it's like it's going to be mid-90s. Um, mm. And you can't really tell from the clothing and everything because the scenes are... like the. The actual locations and scenes of people are very um like francis dollarhide mm -hmm. i couldn't place him in time yeah the costume designer decided she wanted to give him this um specific look so what she did was she ordered his clothing from like mm -hmm. a catalog you know right. like the old-fashioned catalogs because she because mm -hmm. obviously when it's based there's no internet that i could gather or internet was just up and coming mm -hmm. but she had a club book and she ordered his clothes from the club book and she said he looks like the kind of guy that just wouldn't go clothes shopping because it means yeah. that he would have to uh interact Leave. with humans and he doesn't like interacting with humans at the best of times he sort of mills around in the darkness so she that's why she liked his clothes to look a certain way they gave off no era 
no sense of style, no specific. Um, that makes sense. Like you didn't know whether he was an army guy, a wilderness guy, uh, a chinos and t-shirt man. You know, creepy, it was creepy fucking photographer who uh, <laughs> yeah. had a good big impressive massive dragon tattoo on his back. Um, yeah, you don't you don't get that at all. No, um, I mean, eight hours that took to put that stencil. Yeah. On. We were just talking about this, me and Anth, about makeup because he, with him watching Deep Space Nine, we were talking. I was, I, I was filling him in about the Westmores, <laughs> and I was saying, you know, we talk about, we talk on and hear a lot about makeup and the time and everything of how long it takes. We we wince as yeah, it's eight hours, and then we forget that they've got to go and do fucking work after that, and mm-hmm. you could be looking at like a twelve-hour shooting scene, and he's then just had to sit it, and I know it's like. Oh, he's just sitting there. But that is fucking like you've sat at work for eight hours. It's fucking hard. I would like to know how that took eight hours, though. How you could get a tattoo, relatively large tattoo, in eight hours. You're right, uh, though. No, you are right. You look at you. <laughs> it's big. Well, yeah, but it's big. But like, I, I just that I thought was a really excessive amount of time, unless the guys that were laying the tattoo weren't proficient in it or it kept crinkling or because I don't know I know there's different ways of putting tattoos on for special effects movies Mm -hmm. some use henna so they've Mm -hmm. always got the 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 outline outline there others just use transfers um some use their own tattoos from you know on their own body but like I, I just kept thinking eight hours it would have been it would have actually been more time consuming if he actually did get that fucking tattoo done and then just be like right here i've got to just just staying on now forever and ever can you imagine voldemort with uh, (laughs) with that fucking red tail you can see (laughs) yeah under his robe (laughs) what's that (laughs) that'd have been class actually Uh, (laughs) so the the reason i mean freddie i bring freddie lambs up previously is because with the newspapers and everything um, he was the journalist who snuck into the hospital room and took photographs of him yeah. while he was in the hospital, um, in a coma, put his family at great risk, um, and obviously caused a lot of shit where Will actually is no longer... When you get to meet him properly outside of what's just happened, he's not a detective anymore. He's retired and living in Malibu, Florida. Right, Malibu, I think you could be right. It's California or is he in Miami? Uh, he's where the water is. <laughs> Either, both. He's in both. Yeah, we'll go with both. Yes, and he's he's out of the he's out of the game. But then Jack Crawford, who is played by in this one, Harvey Keitel, which I didn't think was a bad cast. I have to say, I thought it was generally generally dawned. But you can't follow that Jack Crawford on to England's. Is it England? Scotland, uh, Scotland, yeah, Scotland. You can't continue that on from that because it's like, wow, Harvey Cartel, short, don't be Scotland, tall, slim. It's like that's a big contrast. But I wasn't mad at the casting, no, because I do like Harvey Cartel. So you could have put him in fucking anything, and I would have been happy with it. Um, the continuity but it a... was a bit off there, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was how many years after? The Silence of the Lambs. It's not like it came out before it, and then it was. Do you know what I mean? So I, yeah. y- you can you can forgive it a little bit, but I certainly did enjoy him as Jack Crawford. I was very happy with it actually. Um, 
But then I, I, the reason I point up there for is because I have him looking down on me every day when I sit here. I have a beautiful picture of the cast of Signs of the Lamb signed that my father bought me many years ago. Um, because I'm not weird enough that that film scares me, yet that's, that's on my wall. <laughs> I, I like to face my fears. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. So... The reason Jack Crawford is visiting Will is because he has a new case. And it is two families who have been murdered in two completely separate towns, but in exactly the same manner. Then, yeah. um, you know, it's it's your, your typical American family, two kids, you know, two, husband, wife, children, eight animal, beautiful homes, great lives. And they've just had them completely wiped away from them in the most horrific <laughs> Oh. horrific manner possibly going and this brings me to my favorite fucking scenes of this movie is will's investigation because will reluctantly investigates and said he only he, he admits himself right there and then because he's like well you caught lecture and you caught the other guy and he's like no i i, I yes i did but i had help mm-hmm. i can't do this alone and this is where he has to get back in contact with hannibal Lecter to try and help him with this case and I love the scenes with the investigation scenes when he goes to the houses and you watch him on the dictaphone just map yeah. out everything. I love them. I think the the glass for eyes thing was really weird. Like, they, were looking, they were looking back at him. Yeah, so he what he'd do, and it would only be with the, the mother of the, the house, mm. he'd cut her eyeballs out and replace it with broken glass. So mm-hmm. he could reflect and watch himself. But she can also look alive too. Mm-hmm. Because as I probably have pointed out on this podcast before, what happens to your eyes when you die? Go up. Mm-hmm. They roll up and they stay, they, the eyeball just, you know, your, your eyes do stay open. Contrary to what they tell you in the movies, you can't just close them like that. Oh, fucking idiots. Um, but your eyes do roll back. So he, he took her out to replace them with the mirror mm-hmm. to be able to see himself and appear alive. Yeah. 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 Um, he did that. He did that. So when he's walking around and watching Will go and this and this and this, and then you just see every time when the light bulb goes off, you just see his face. Like Ed Norton just, it, it comes alive, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's some brilliant scenes. He's got the basics there. He just needs to put them in order. And that's why yeah. he needs Hannibal because mm-hmm. he is perfection, like you say. And he needs that kind of guiding hand, that linear train of thought. And I love the bit just after this when they when he meets him for the first time since. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, uh, you know, he's like, well, I'm not giving you the answer. I'm not giving you the answer. And he was point blank refusing He's like, mm-hmm. do it for yourself, you know? And I thought, I know what he's doing. He's not doing it out of spite. He just loves watching him work. Mm-hmm. He's living vicariously through Will in the respect of that he can't do it because he's incarcerated. So he's watching Will figure it out. He's watching Will tick. And by doing that, he's learning more about Will than Will realises at the same time. Yeah. So, oh yeah, it's it's like a sponge. It's like watching a like when you watch Hannibal – he is taking every single second in with any interaction he has with any person at any point over the three movies. Yeah. 
And I love that because it's like they said that he's got an eidetic memory. Mm. So, and I mean, that's a hell of a thing to have. It must be a massive burden, but it is, mm. you are absolutely right. If you're looking at Hannah, if you're looking in that scene and thinking he is just torturing him, he's mm. not, he's learning from him. He's learning about him. He's actually trying to guide him. You've got to understand, you've got to take that first interaction with them two very seriously mm -hmm. to know how their relationship works. Because he's not he's not doing things to hurt Will. He's doing it to make him better. It's okay. always about making him better. Um, because it, it's almost a sick way that he wants him to succeed in what he's doing. Yeah, he does. It, it's like a... It's, kind it's of like a like, father and son. It is. It's, it's the Padawan thing, isn't it? He's like, mm -hmm. he wants to make sure he can bring this child up and give it all the... Um, tools Love it needs affection. to survive you know um <laughs> but he has so much to give yeah Hannibal that's the thing I mean like I say take the weird murder <laughs> eating people thing out of the equation and he's a highly intelligent human being mm -hmm. so he has no one to pass his wisdom on to so oh. these this is why when he finds somebody that he thinks is worthy he hooks on like with yeah. Will, with um, with Clarice. You know, mm -hmm. they're they're like he he. I think to a degree, he thought he was getting that with Mason, but he realised that wasn't going to happen because Mason yeah. was he was different. He was he was sick as a very fuck. Sick that's man. what he was, yeah. and he, he is the disease that he would like taken out of the world. Yes. Um, but with Will and Clarice, you're absolutely right. It is that Padawan. It's that father-daughter relationship, the one he would never have. And it is people who are worthy of his knowledge. You are getting into his yeah. brain because he will allow you at some point mm -hmm. to get into there. He, you, you forget how he's not this craze, I'm going to eat everyone, num, num, num. Um, he, just, he is very fucking intelligent. Mm -hmm. And that's the terrifying part about him. But How they, scary he is. I love the, the fact that um, Francis was based on the BTK. I hate the fact that he's fucking based <laughs> on BTK because I it, hate that man. I hate that man. Don't get me wrong. I'm not giving the, the serial killer any credit. But like. Oh, no. Like you can see the. I like it when they take something real life, use it as reference, but don't copy it. Um, that's the same in Sans of the Lambs. They're very yeah. good at doing that as well with the Ed Gein. Um, yeah. In the Ed Gein reference. I want to make something very clear. I don't like serial killers for the reason of why they we talk about them, what they do. I fucking hate Dennis Rader on a whole mm -hmm. different level than what I hate other serial killers. I can be interested... I am not fucking one bit interested in that absolute bell end of a man. F yes, what he did was fucking atrocious and he should, he should fucking burn. What he did afterwards, the fucking asshole. I hate him. Mm -hmm. I do. I hate the fact that he's given the time or day. When you have to coin your own fucking serial killer name, go and fuck yourself, Dennis Rader. I hate him. <laughs> the uh, thing honestly, about Dennis Rader is that what he did and the keys to the palace that he had by being a security man, somebody who was safe, someone who you you trust 
and someone who you would think would be the last person that would do it. Yeah. Same with the videographer whole idea. I mean, I know in the book right. it was security. Yeah, you're right. But they changed it for the movie, didn't they? Making him into it a makes, but it makes it makes more sense in the in the movie to be honest, because that is an idea. The security, it it doesn't give you the same kind of interactions as what the family movies did if you remember watching those family movies and mm -hmm. you you felt part of that kind of even graham uh, graham even will starts to smile and get into them and get into what he's watching until he fucking realizes what comes next but yeah. he's in that moment i don't think you get that with the security so i like the fact that they made that change yeah because what that also did was because francis had such a shitty upbringing um he was living the family life through the videos like he was part of the family he was yeah, there that, yeah. um but i did find out you know the voiceover of the nana i grandma. was gonna i was just about to, to spit this fact you just you didn't know that i didn't know it because i never paid attention and she's uncredited she so is she is i i but... never really sort of thought about it but then when the trailers for the new film have been coming out and her voice is on it obviously she's in it yeah. I heard it and I was like that is her it took me it took me a few a few watches to realize and it was one line in particular and it was something I, I don't know if it's a line which says we'll cut it off because we are actually talking about the actress in The Exorcist who plays Regan's mom is the voice of Francis Francis Dollarhide's grandmother Ellen Bernstein. Ellen Bernstein. I could not remember yeah. her name for a second. And I refuse yeah. to take my hands out of my hoodie at the moment because <laughs> I am fucking freezing. <laughs> so I wasn't going to check. Um, yes. And it took a couple of attempts when I was watching it. But there was this, like, I generally can't remember now of what it was, but I, I heard her and I went, yeah. whose fucking voice is that? Um, yes. I was just about to spit that fact out. But I liked I liked your reaction to it better. I I mean, when you start looking into the people that are actually in that movie, that is a, quite a cast. Yeah, Emily Watson, who is one of ours. You've got um, Harvey Keitel. You've got um, Voldemort. You've got thingy <laughs> Fines. Is it Ralph? We're gonna cut. It's right. Ralph. I think he pronounced it Rafe, but it, it's spelled Ralph. It's R A P L H. That is fucking Ralph. My uh, yeah. one of my best friend's little boy is called Raphael. It's Ralph. It's that is Ralph. You can get away with Ralph on that, but he is Ralph. Oh, I hear it. It's Ralph. The Voldemort. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. Ed Norton. Um, you've got um Ellen Bernstein, obviously, the voiceover. Then when you start looking into it, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean I can see how they attracted that being the last movie of the three, even though it ended up being the first movie of, of the, the three. three. Yeah. So, I mean, when you get to that point, anyone would jump on the bandwagon. I mean, they uh, when they were auditioning for Will Graham, Ethan Hawke was considered. Don't mind that. I don't Could mind see it. that. 90s Ethan Hawke. Well, it would have been early 2000s when the film came out, so... Yeah, that would have been acceptable because back then that's, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have hated that choice. Um, I wouldn't. Um, Ethan Hawke is in a bloody good um, horror, Taken Lives. 
It's more psychological than it is horror. Like more sexual thriller. Fucking fantastic. What a movie. I I felt physically ill during that at certain points, especially I the love lift scene. The I lift love getting scene. reactions from films because it just doesn't happen to me anymore. I, no. I watch movies and I'm dead inside. I mean, you'll get the odd one, like Guardians 3 that I will I've watched once at the cinema, will never watch again because I can't put myself through that trauma. That is one of the saddest, god-awful films, but amazing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. I I don't even see myself revisiting that on a whim. You know, it is that, that traumatic. I, I said I that and it. said, oh, Anthony, you've not seen Guardians of the Galaxy 3. It's my 40th birthday. I get to choose. <laughs> you have to watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I put myself through that again. I'm not joking. I was worse the second time around because I was at home in my in my safety, in my bubble. I fucking bawled. I was no good for like a good hour and a bit after that film. That is literally the only film I've had a reaction to in probably 10 years. Like the odd thing happens in a movie and you go, oh, but it doesn't make you physically feel anything. So, but oh. Well, this is you know, why I like watching films with my husband for, because it's not a feeling, it's just a conversations that we have around it. We get, like, proper into it, and we ha- we talk about these people like they're fucking actually really sitting in front of us doing the stuff they're doing. And But I wouldn't do that on my own. Yeah. So that's why I do. I love watching films with my husband, because we do. We get proper into it. But taking lives is fucking horrific. <laughs> I tell you what, I don't know if it would have gone down the same way had they have got their original first pick for Francis, though. Who was it? Their second pick was Sean Penn. No. If, no. No. Their first pick <laughs> no. was the forward rolling, Tim Burton Superman loving Nicolas Cage. Oh, fuck me, that would have been a whole totally different film. Oh my god, that'd have been a whole that would have, it would turn it into a fucking comedy. That, that film would, would have gone down the shitter rapidly. It really would have done. It I wouldn't mean, have even I'm telling you now, it wouldn't have even getting past test test audiences if Nicky I love me Cage. I love, I love Cage, but he is a parody of himself. You can't cast him in anything that you want a you want straight it to be narrative serious. to. Yeah, you just no. can't. He is making so, mon- so many brilliant fucking choices right now because mm-hmm. he is being his complete goddamn self. We all know and laughed at and have been part of the joke when Nick Cage has chewed up the fucking scenery in some of the most serious films ever given to him. But now he's kind of went, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. I can do me. And still make money and still like that fucking Dracula film, man. Cool. Renfield was brilliant. Renfield was fucking superb. The unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, with Pedro Pascal, where he's I've like, heard about this. It is really funny. Pedro's like his number one fan. It's like oh, misery, yeah, but yeah. with no sledgehammer. Um uh, you've got Willy's Wonderland, which is hmm. Five Nights at Freddy's. And, and he hardly even speaks. He doesn't. He doesn't say a goddamn word throughout the whole thing. I think <laughs> you get one line out of him. But that's okay. Because yeah. he is fucking brilliant. Honestly, I am so happy this is the version of Nick Cage that we're getting right now. And yeah. he finally got in on the joke. But as Francis... Dollar hide? No. No, no, no. It's like, oh no, 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 sweetheart. You you sit back down. Who was the other one? Sean Penn. Oh, fuck him. 
<laughs> no, no. Uh, that wouldn't have worked. Fucking bin. He's too small for starters. Like, yeah. Take out the fact that I don't fucking like him, but he's too small. He's not built. Francis is a fucking machine. But if you put Sean Penn next to Ed Norton, they look similar, but you, not. You, no. If you know what I mean, there's you, like a, a look to them that doesn't. Yeah. You can't quite separate. Yeah. You could cast them in the same thing. But you can't cast him as Francis. No. Francis is built. He is like Ralph Fiennes is perfect for him. The crew cut, the lip, the hair lip, the mm. build of him, because he does work. He is a he is if you listen to what his grandmother says, you get a very clear picture of the upbringing that he had. Mm-hmm. And he had to be perfect. So why would his body not be perfect? Mm-hmm. And fuck me when he takes that his clothes off and you see that his back how ripped his back is how amazing that ass is and if you pause <laughs> ever so slightly you do get to see his winky in this movie i did it not happens. so it happens. i'll take your word for it <laughs> i promise you it is right there for a second but it's there um and it's it's perfect he is perfect in this film he is a, the the greatest choice they could have made he is he he plays sweet very well when he's yeah. with um the blind woman i can't think of her character name i can't I'm think of her character su- name i'm I fucking surprised i remembered francis dollarhide's name to be honest with you the way my head is at the minute um but yeah when he's very sweet with her he's um it's, as he it's kept all- saying to him i love her i like her please don't don't make me do it you know don't take don't take her away from me yeah yeah because he because she, she's sweet and she's kind and that's oh, i love the way he says kind with his his hair lip. i love how he talks and his teeth as well because he's he doesn't have real teeth they're well, not his teeth he puts in i think there's three different pairs of teeth mm. i think one's his nana's teeth yeah you know the haggard old horrible chip jobbies yes. uh one is a really buck tooth looking set and then there's another set that seemed very normal. Yeah. But the bucktooth ones you only see every now and again. And I'm not sure if they're supposed to be bite his teeth. normal set, but they're like. The, the bite his teeth. They bite. Because uh, he bites there is people. Teeth. There is right. his biting teeth. Yes. His straight teeth are his, his, his normal life. Mm-hmm. His other ones are his bite your teeth. Because um, nice. if you notice in the pictures, they're all crooked. Mm-hmm. And they're looking. That's why they can't. When they're looking at his mouth. It's very hard because you can take his teeth, which is so fucking clever again. You can take his teeth in and out. And his grandmother is just fucked up nostalgia, like fucked up feelings towards his grandmother. Cause I'm sure there's a hint of incest yeah. in there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, heavily fucking abused, but it, it, it shows. <laughs> I did find out that, um, in the Italian version, when they released it, the guy that did the voiceover for Harvey Keitel mm. was the same guy who played Commissioner Rishi in Hannibal, you know, that got bows in or bows out, him, oh, that got chucked yeah. over the thing. He, he actually did the Italian voiceover of Harvey Keitel for Red Dragon. That's so cool. So he still got to play the part, kind of. Just he was in it of. twice, just not quite in it. But I thought that was quite a cool um it is. That's so cool. Um, Francis does. It, it, there is a big, massive showdown. Like it, the whole thing is, 
is such a detective it is a detective story with mm. uh, with hannibal he isn't in it a lot in the grand scheme of the movie this is not his movie the book is not his is his mm. book either it is very much a heavily you know will graham book and that's fine it's totally fine i like the fact that hannibal is just a, a sitting guide dog for him because mm. that is what he is in silence of the lambs yeah that's I mean, no different There's, his screen time in silence of the lambs is probably less than what it is in hannibal 16 minutes in silence of the lambs that's mm. all he had mm -hmm. um when i was at the box office though and the budget for this it did it really bloody well but it had a hell of a bloody budget i mean it was the second most expensive movie of the three at 78 million on its budget alone but box office it took 209 million worldwide that's probably just like half of me going to see right. it repeatedly but that's a hell of a i mean that was obviously the last in the three oh we yeah to this be released was, to be honest so, this is where we thought the end game was generally you wouldn't have thought a tv series would ever have come out about no. the character so yes everyone thought this was the Tarah and probably should have been the Tarah even though nothing against the tv show at all i know it has a, a, a huge fan base and by all accounts it is some brilliant fucking tv and mads mickelson can do no wrong in my eyes to be honest um the only thing i just i didn't like was the height but that's just me being fucking really particular with it um because i always imagine him and it's probably anthony hopkins's fault well because we've been conditioned haven't we so mm -hmm. it, so it i blame anthony hopkins that i think of him as a short man and <laughs> um i've got a funny story before we go on with the rest when i went to go and see red dragon i was so fucking excited i'm not joking like really fucking excited for this and um sitting there and i'm like really into it like just don't don't leave us alone in oh, the zone and it's the scene where will's just he's just about to go to the first house and he's just about to open the door fucking screen goes off and the lights go off and i'm sitting in the fucking dark and i scream the place down. <laughs> everyone who i was with was like calm the fuck down like by the time i finished screaming the lights had started to go on <laughs> the fucking projection the projector knocked a button because we saw i saw it um before it was released i saw it the thursday night because my ex worked at a cinema and i saw it the thursday night and then it came out on the friday and the projectionist just went like that and normally they wouldn't be in the room they would just let the film go yeah. and he must he turned around and knocked it and he, as soon as i finished screaming he went i'm really sorry <laughs> i'll get it back on hearing this northeastern accent coming out of a little i'm really mm. sorry <laughs> technical fault human error um yeah He's so, old. and then we had to go we had to go back a few minutes and, and then go back to the film but fuck me i didn't I, that was the most exact i think it was not more the fact that i was that i was scared more the fact you've turned the fucking film off like no but i screamed <laughs> i mean i think the climax to this film is shit um oh, I, I, I like agree the with setup you. yeah i like the setup of the so fast. He, he had the patsy body um mm -hmm. i knew straight away watching 
the angle of the blood splatter on the blind lady's face mm -hmm. i knew he didn't kill himself nah. he he wasn't there he was somewhere else he's so, not proceeded to take himself out that way he's going out with the blaze of fucking glory yeah too right and so when he was in will graham's house and it ended up being will's wife that killed him i was like eh. it's so fast though like was, that whole ending is so quick why do they rush stuff like that i don't understand you're yeah, getting the, the whole point in the whole movie is to get to the climax of when yeah. these two are meeting and they're having their showdown and you're like you blink and it's done I was they've, like, yeah they've just had a battle of wits that included hannibal lecter because he did get himself involved to the point where he was actually in contact yeah with him and they and so it was a battle of wits it wasn't a like a you know physical altercation until you got to that bit and it should have been drawn out a bit more to give us a bit more satisfaction that will could actually do this mm -hmm. like will could do this his wife did exactly so... it's always somebody else doing the work for him mm -hmm. see this is why i don't like the version in hannibal <laughs> because if that but that is will like and i accept that that's will but i don't i, I yeah that whole that whole scene was so so quick when you could have downsized if you were doing it for time mm -hmm. you could have taken so much out of something else to put yeah. into that time there and draw it out and give us a fucking battle of the century like give us something he had his fucking kid for god's sake which in actual fact is not his kid it's his stepkid but the hey-hole yeah. um but yeah he had his kid that would have that enough should have been the motion to put this whole thing into a fucking brawl instead of duck it was just the bit where i knew i thought it was so clever when he was berating the kid because oh, yeah. he'd obviously at that point read france's diary so he knew the right buttons to push he knew the right things to say and then even in that heated moment he knew that's what he had to do whereas i'd be just going give me back my kid give me back my kid give me back you know you wouldn't I, my yeah. brain wouldn't go Oh, I must psychologically fuck with this man who's got yeah. a gun to a kid's head. See, you know, it's, you're playing again, a dangerous game. Absolutely, it is. Like, like I say, the whole thing is like a battle of wit. Mm. And at the end, he physically got him with what he did with his kid right there. Like, not you know, in punches and in gunshots or anything like that. He got, he broke him in that second where he was shouting at his kid because you could see the pain in his face. That was probably more painful than getting shot in the face. Mm. But I like the way this this then ends and it links seamlessly into the beginning of Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. There's a woman here for you or something. He says, that creepy guy that I dislike the face of that actually looks like Tobias Forge in his makeup for Ghost in his recent tour. The um he's like the it's psychologist. Warden. Yeah, the guy. The psychologist. It's the guy who he eats at the end of Silence yeah. of the Lambs. <laughs> going for a friend to have an old friend for dinner. Yep, that's um, him. I can't think of his name off the top no, of my head. No, I've gone blank. But they but do. He... They do heavily make up him up to, <laughs> to um, to produce because he's meant to be the age that he is in Silence of the Lambs, which was shot well before this one. Yeah, it's ten, um, eleven years before, I think. Something yeah. Like so that. yeah, so they use some. They use some very delicate makeup on him, but yeah it links up seamlessly with i think she's from the fbi yes and he says send her in yeah what and does she look get... like or something or he says what is she like or something to him first doesn't he and then he, she, he says she's to a... him she's from the fbi or she's, she's a really fucking awkward redhead 
who's <laughs> gonna come and ask you a series of questions and she's she doesn't get them straight away at all does she 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 has not done her homework and i know clarice gets thrown into this very quickly but she has a, a feeling she could have had a bit more time to know who she was up against. Mm-hmm. And I think that because Clarice, again, is not stupid. There's a reason why he gravitates towards her. Mm-hmm. And she should have done a little bit more to know. But I guess that's the beauty of watching her, watching it play out as she gets to know him. Yeah. I mean, this is where even though you only get 16 minutes of Anthony Hopkins time, when this is the first movie so this is where he establishes the Hannibal Lecter that we all know um and when he was trying to think of things to mannerisms to bring to him Mm -hmm. he had a a friend who rarely blinked and um I'm gonna blink a hundred times now yeah he was he was saying you know I was watching him and there's something really it made me feel nervous because I'm he a doesn't blinker too blink. much. <laughs> <laughs> he said it made me feel really nervous because he just didn't blink and he was constantly staring. Yeah. And there's that there's no break in that eye contact. And he said, I so I took that and I used it. And he also said the, you know, the infamous thing, right? He said when he was a kid, he used to tell a story about Dracula. Um because he loved Bella Lugosi. Mm-hmm. So he used to use that noise when he was telling the story about how he'd like to suck their blood, you know, like and he blah, go, blah, blah. <laughs> and then he'd go and then he'd do that afterwards. And it used to make all the girls at school run away screaming. And he thought, right, if I can use that with the not staring mm. and create this like uncomfortableness just to see how far I can push it. And it worked. It really works. I, it really, really well. does. That opening scene alone is he, he, the accent is so weird here because it does change quite a bit. But at the time of watching, I had no idea he was of Eastern European descent. No. So it makes total sense once you do know why his accent in that first interaction changes quite a bit because he's he has established his accent but at the time you've got to think how long has he he's he's been in he's been in a prison environment he doesn't have to keep up the gentleman charade like mm-hmm. the, that gentleman he he's not with the hoity-toity anymore yeah because when he's at the dinner table at red dragon oh he is very posh yes he is the the man he is the the, mm-hmm. the host the airs and graces yeah yeah it's kind of relaxed a bit but not to a degree there's um there's a line in Scream, and I want to get this out of the way with because it keeps playing on my mind, is the line that Skeech Ulrich says, and I just want to go into that screen and rip his fucking teeth out for saying it. <laughs> when he turns around and says, we didn't, um, something to do with Norman Bates, we didn't know, nobody knew why Hannibal Lecter did what he did. Now, did they? And I went, yeah, they fucking did, you mm-hmm. fucking idiot. Like, that line really fucks me off. Because we do know why he does it for. Yeah, because you're rude. Because you're rude, and you would have been one of them, you fucking little shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, that line really hacks me off. Because it's, even in, you can even get a sense of it in this one, that there's something more. Even though it's not really explained a lot, yeah. there's something more to him than just, oh, I just did it for shits and giggles. Yeah, I mean, that that is something that, 
they established pretty quickly if you see the obviously if you see that movie first which most people would have done because mm -hmm. obviously it came out 11 years before the original that what should be the the, the first best. film so he he still has to give off this air of knowledge oh um, yeah like i am very smart and power without being boastful about it because that's yeah. crass he doesn't like to boast mm. it's it's definitely not something that he does um he likes to, he likes the chase he likes watching them unfold and unpack things like when he's looking at them um but yeah with Clarice he teases her to start off with about that's her accent and stuff and and he's seeing how far he can push he can push her but I actually did going off topic a little bit I found out that Gene Hackman bought the rights to silence of the lambs originally because oh, he wanted to he wanted to play hopkin uh he wanted to play hannibal and he also wanted to write the screenplay himself um he went in halves with orion the movie people yeah and um he hired a like a not a ghost writer but someone to help him along and the guy turned around and contacted his mate and he went Get ready! I think you're going to have the job. He's it, he, he's got no idea what he's in for here, and um, he did forty pages of research of like screenplay, mm -hmm. and he turned around and he said, "Yeah, this isn't for me." And he sold his rights on back I to the film love, company. I love Gene Hackman. I can't even taking out the fact that of the visual representation of Hannibal Lecter, even literature, I could not see him playing. No um but it's only because he is a he's like the hero figure to me like mississippi burning is one of my favorite films even though it shouldn't be ever um, but it is i think it is a cinematic masterpiece a story that everyone a film that everyone should watch you should never forget but also get that all you get the you get a sense of revenge it's like a revenge movie in a, in a way but i he's like a hero figure to me i like love it so i but i couldn't see him being that nasty and you know evil because let's face it you know we can sit here and see how airs and grace is about dr hannibal lecter md but he is a fucking evil man at the same yeah, time 100 i mean you look at his fact that there's there's a look that hopkins manages to pull off where mm. he looks like he wants to eat you, hug you, congratulate you, punch mm. you all at the same time. And it's how wide his eyes get and how glassy his eyes get and how like intense. How, how, how he stands up straight. Yeah. And I can't you know, see Gene doing that. No, yeah. no, neither. And he's very tall as well. It's the height thing again. Um, the scene you mentioned about the whole taking the piss out of the accent, mm -hmm. that is genuine. She mm -hmm. didn't realize that that is what that that he, that he was going to do that. He, the scene is incredibly ad-libbed. Mm -hmm. Um and that was part of the ad-lib and when he was taking the piss out and she when she's looking around she's looking around as to say are we not going to cut? This is fucking atrocious. Like and when she watched it back she went holy shit thank you so much. Thank mm -hmm. you for doing that and getting that reaction out of me. That is fucking amazing cuz she looks around as to say why aren't we shouting cut? Because that's she, going too far. She said uh, on, I saw a little interview with Jodie Foster in, I think it was on the Graham Norton show. It was only like a couple of minutes excerpt, I saw. But Graham Norton was asking Jodie about how, when she was on Silence of the Lambs, 
was it true that she never talked to Anthony whilst they were on, like, together? She said it took her until the last day of filming mm-hmm. to have a conversation with him because she was so petrified of him. She said it, just every time he looked at me, she said even when the majority of the scenes, because every scene is shot from Clarice's point of view. Yeah. So when you're looking at the way the director of photography did it, it's always that you are supposed to be Clarice. Yeah. And you're when supposed you, to be. When you're walking through that, when you're walking through to the cell, you are her eyes. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually standard throughout the whole movie because even at the very end of the Buffalo Bill scene, you are yeah. once again her eyes. Mm-hmm. You, you're the only one who can see what's going on. It's so fucking clever. And as they make that turn into the cell, yeah, I love that. That is so beautiful. It's iconic. But she was saying that all the shots that Anthony did, they were obviously to the camera, which was supposed to be her. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't getting the sheer intensity. So what she used to do was stand behind the cameraman. Yeah. So she could see what, what it is. Was, yeah. Was picking up. And uh, she said, honestly, he just used to do these things where he'd throw in a line or he'd make a noise or a sharp move. And it wasn't in the script. It wasn't something that was specifically mm. supposed to be there. So she would flinch naturally, or she would like be like, like you say, "What the fuck? What the, what fuck? the fuck? Why are we? Why?" Yeah. But she would do it. She would do it to where it was like a quite a look. Like she, you can see her like looking around, and you think she's just looking at her environment. No, she's asking people to fucking stop because this is going too far in her but, opinion. But when she watched it back, she went. She thanked him yeah. for getting that that she said that's that's acting mm-hmm. and she did it's not like she didn't get it Jodie Foster has been in the was in the business well before she got to this point but it almost was like an acting class for her mm-hmm. I mean I can't imagine she was getting that kind of acting class from uh Fat Sam's Grand Slam speakeasy I, 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 I love Boxing Malone. <laughs> I've not seen that film in such a such a long time. I was just saying, I was just about to say I hate that film, and it's not that one I'm thinking of. Get Babyface. Where's Babyface? <laughs> Tell Babyface. Dexter Fletcher being this big. Dexter Fletcher, yes. Oh my so, god, that's a name. Yeah, um, the McDonald's voiceover guy. <laughs> to the kids these days yeah to the kids these days any yeah dexter fletcher voices all of the mcdonald's videos oh my god i bet he's um, fucking minted he also is a a director now and he has directed some bangers that people don't know he's even directed i feel like Um, this he did one called buffalo bill um and he also did a he took over halfway through um it wasn't a Guy Ritchie movie, but it was something along one of those lines. You know, mm-hmm. he took over um, directing it halfway through because something happened with the original director. But it was a massive movie. Um, I've just gone blank on what it is, but yeah, I'll put it in the co- I'll put it in the chat if I remember uh, on Monday mm-hmm. on tonight now tonight yeah, right somewhere. now yeah um, remember <laughs> time travel time travel <laughs> time travel. I, I do feel like I knew something like that about him, but I didn't know he was a McDonald's guy. Fuck me, he yeah. must be minted. You know what you make of adverts? <laughs> um, enough to live off anyway. Yeah. Um, there's a gr- bringing up the amazing guys of the Grim Knife Collective again. Mm-hmm. They did a video. I want to say last year, maybe the year before, of um a house in 
fuck me where is signs of the lambs located uh, is where it... is buffalo bill's house um i have actually got this written down do, 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 do. in my brain's just gone to mush um all I know was that the house was actually. Sorry, I'm reading. <laughs> um, Ted Levine, who played Buffalo Bill. Yes. <clears throat> what a guy. What yeah. a guy. It was his next door neighbor's house when he was growing up as a kid. Right. The house that they filmed the whole of this Buffalo Bill's house was his next door neighbor's house. He was born and raised in the house next door. You but it was somewhere. Go and visit that house. Yeah, it was somewhere in, I want to say Michigan, but I think it was supposed to be New York or I, I like one of the suburbs or something like that. I've gone well, blank. I, I'll, I'll pull the video out and add it to the um, description down below because it yeah. is very good. I don't know if it's the actual house that it's meant to be filmed in, but it is a replicate house of Buffalo Bill. And it is a hotel that you can stay in. And they went with super fan Doug Bradley. No. What's Hellraiser? Who's Pinhead? Yeah. Doug, Doug Bradley. Bradley. I fucking said it right for once. Oh, my God. I always call him Doug Jones. I don't Do know to... why. Do you have to put the lotion in the basket when you go in? Yeah, you do, actually. And do you have to listen to, is it is it Wild Horses? Goodbye, or what? goodbye Horses. That's it, Goodbye Horses. Yeah. It's a song bow, bow. that gets played in my house every other day. <laughs> my husband loves that song. It was, I bow, think, bow. no, it's Wild Horses, isn't it? Good, no. I think it's, it's Goodbye Horses. horses. It's only actually played at the last two seconds of the song. It's not played throughout yeah. the, but yeah. It, I think it was on my sister's wedding um wedding playlist and Anth plays it all the time he fucking loves it um but yeah you can go and stay at this house it is totally you know 100 sansa lamsey you know death bat you know the death moth everywhere and mm. it's fucking creepy as shit it looks like like something out of texas chainsaw massacre too but the guy who runs it, a huge big fan and they go with doug bradley because his wife is mm -hmm. like sansa lamsey super fan yeah and they do a little sit down interview with him nothing about hellraiser everything about and he is so inquisitive uh -huh. and just it's such a good video i will put it down in the description below i will do anything to promote these guys because i absolutely love them and this video it was a halloween special right but the house is so authentically like oh i <laughs> would not want to stay there let's put it that way um there is a few scary moments in silence of the lambs that i would like to go through the <laughs> the garage scene right where she finds the head in the jar mm -hmm. and that that no that that no no something about heads in jars apparently get me get me funny too i don't like them that freaked me out um the scene in the jail where you finally like where you realize do you know what i actually nearly started crying when i realized his cuffs were off Right. And then he launches in on the that poor policeman and bites his face. Um, yeah. Is it his cheek or his nose? I can't remember. It's nose. his nose. Yeah, I I, ha I have to admit, I didn't watch Silence of the Lambs because I've seen it a thousand times, but I haven't refreshed my memory oh. so much about Silence of the Lambs because I know the in, majority of it. It lives in there rent free. <laughs> um, but yeah, he bites. He bites the guy, and it's that spec. It, honestly it gives us the it makes us go cold inside 
but how beautiful that setup is with that body is unreal the lift scene oh my god i am not claustrophobic at all but my lift at work looks exactly like that lift oh god no thank you and if you look when i look up i always look up to make sure we're no fuckers at the top of it even <laughs> though i can only go two floors it's not that high but jesus christ that lift scene terrifies me because i know you know we all know he is on the fucking gurney he mm-hmm. is not above the oh i hate it yeah, i was expecting it's... a full-on you know steve rogers in the elevator scene where he kicks the shit out of all the guys i'm expecting hannibal to come out like that <laughs> i will show you i went to a museum in la um and it's the music at the movie memorabilia museum and uh they actually have i don't know if you can see this very well i'll send it but like i think my ring lights causing an issue so i don't know if you can see it's actually the cells um, oh yes i can now you've said it i can make it out now you've said it oh we've got that's... it all replicated up that's yeah so cool. um, you can go and sit and walk in there and sit on the stool and everything I'm all right. um and it's in the <laughs> i'll send it and if we can put it in up on the screen we will if not um i'm sure we can share it on the facebook page or yeah we'll, the we'll, we'll create a but, post um, for it but oh my god no i i don't want to <laughs> I, I genuinely don't want to do that. But it's the original set from the movie. Oh, the um, original. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's even so, better. But um, yeah, it's for me, I, I saw this one bit where um the woman who played uh Catherine, th- that was the, the chubbier girl in the well, yeah. she was she was asked to put on 25 pounds to play the role. They they loved her, but they said you want you're not big enough. We need more skin. We need, we need you to be a size 14. I'm yeah, so 14 in, Amer- in American like sizes. Yeah. I've been watching Grey's Anatomy recently. And this girl comes on the screen, or girl, woman, I should say, with long, long curly hair and a smile that is so distinct that I can't <laughs> quite place who she is. And it's not, I am sitting and it's about gone, just gone past midnight, watch like totally into Grey's Anatomy and ants in the other room. And I just scream. Oh my God, it's her from Silence of the Lambs. And it is. It's Catherine from Silence of the Lambs. And it took me fucking, it was a smile. It's every time she kept smiling in her cheeks, because she's got my cheeks. She's got the Tweety Pie cheeks. And when she smiled, I was like, the fuck are you? Who are you? <laughs> and then I figured it out and I screamed it at the top of my lungs. But she actually shared an acting class with um, Vincent D'Onofrio, um, you mm. know, Thor however you know Vincent um but he was asked to gain 75 pounds to become pile yeah in in full metal jacket and uh he gave her the advice he said right two things get a credit card from the producers so they pay for your food because if they want you to gain the uh, the weight use their credit card to pay for it he said and also make them pay for a gym subscription for when you have to finish when you finish filming if you so choose to go back to your original weight and and i thought do you know what i wouldn't have even thought that i, I no. wouldn't my brain wouldn't have gone make them pay for it i'll be like okay i'll do it i've got num, no num, money num, num, num. yeah um yeah but i just thought that that was <laughs> that is that a... is a, that is an actor who knows his fucking worth but she jokes all the time because she said that the reason why they went over budget on the movie was because of her food bill 
Get in, girl. You <laughs> can get some. If they want you to put the weight on, I fucking love that. I mean, that's what? That's just over, just under two stone. They expected her to pack on. So, I mean, that takes some doing. That's not yeah. really an easy it's thing. Not, it's not the getting it on. It's the getting it off. That's mm. a fucking problem. That's but the two problem. stone in a very short amount of time, I imagine, was yeah. very difficult. Oh, you would have been ill, man. It, mm. it would have been fucking horrible. Mm. Um, the scene with Buffalo Bill, because Buffalo Bill is Buffalo Bill based off Ed Gein, just yeah, because Ed... of the bodysuit. Yeah, three of them. Uh, they liked the charm of Ted Bundy, so mm. they had the whole thing. Then they had um, a lesser known guy called Gary M. Heidnick. Yeah, and I know he, who he is. He was the basement guy. This is where they got that whole thing from uh, for Buffalo Bill and that Ed love. Gein as well. Gein. So. Yeah. The, the face, the the putting together the, the bodysuit. Because essentially that's oh, it's when he it's when he when he pushes her in the van and he and he touches her back. Uh, that sends a fucking chill down my spine. Don't you touch me. Well he's testing, isn't he? He's like, oh, yeah, he, this, it's the yeah. size, he's sizing her up. And I'm but like until recently, and I'm gonna admit this, and I know that if anybody from the page is watching this, they'll probably rip me a new one. I never noticed that he was wearing um a scalp in yeah. the scene where obviously he's doing his oh, dance. Yeah. I just thought he put a wig on and then it no, wasn't until I actually can paid see attention. The, yeah. You can see the line. So it, it to uh, to drag queens, it's kind of like a lace front. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> it's the lace front. You just it's can't just, lay that lace front you just, down. You've just got to blend that in. Yeah. It, it, do you know what? It does take a lot to see it because you're very much concentrating on what's in front of you. Not well, you what's... are. You're sort of distracted by the whole dancing and moving, and then when he backs off and he's got it tucked, Jay and Silent Bob style. You know, it's I, like I think that scene is so beautiful. It's there is something so, so well. Be- yeah, something so beautiful about that scene. But that the colours and everything. He's such a tragic character. Before again, he's very much a Francis character because his they made a mistake on his birth certificate, so his name mm. is James, J A M E. Instead of James, his name was supposed to be James, but they fucked up his birth certificate and his parents didn't give a shit enough to t- get it changed. Really? So his name is James Gum. So I didn't know that. Yeah, so there's your first clue about how hated. He just or, wasn't cared for. Just, like, who no. gives a fuck? I don't need to add the S on the end. No. Um, I don't know where the obsession with the soft skin comes from or the, the want to make the skin. So I can only think it's because he wanted to... I think he wanted I, to transition in a way. I, that, that's how I see it anyway. Yeah, I think he wanted to try it on first. If you know what I mean, he he didn't want it to be a, a permanent thing. He wanted to feel like what it would be like to be someone else. As I don't, well as... yeah, yeah. So transition probably isn't the right word. Probably more transform because mm-hmm. he is creating a bodysuit to cover up himself. So it's not a, it's not a transitioning. It's a transformation. Hence why they've got all the moth heads, um, death head moths everywhere. Um, because even though I own so much jewelry with that fucking moth on, I've got uh, I've got some downstairs. They're in a they're in like a, a honeycomb thing. They were actually done by Lost and Profound, which are some taxidermy guys from I My think neck of the woods. Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, I know them. They always Craig always does um Tim Timeth Market market. So I, um, I do, and if it's who I think it is, because he has that stall and she has a 
which he kind of stole. I think I know that his his wife does some little bits. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think I've what, met them, but... the lovely people. Yeah, Craig, um, he actually will be it for the love of horror. I'm giving Craig, if you, I'll tell you and you watch this, you owe me a bloody free bit of taxidermy. <laughs> do they have a dog? Maybe, yeah. I really do. I, I, I apologise in advance if it's not the people I'm thinking of. But if it is, I met them at Timemouth Market when I was there with Peaches. Um, and if it is them, so lovely. Very like I felt like I they they'd known us for a, like the, the way that they spoke to us. It was like, oh, we know you. Hey, and I was like walking like walking to find Peaches, and they're just like, hey, just over here, just come and hang out with us. And they were just oh, they were lovely, absolutely. Yeah, got a lot lovely. of their stuff downstairs, but um, I, I've got quite a few. Death- that was the first piece of taxidermy Rob ever bought me, which was a giant death head oh, moss. Oh, that's love. <laughs> but it's downstairs. I would, but I would find that like amazing. So, but because yeah, I mean, that's they, like my favorite movie in a jar. But that's the thing when you look at the movie poster and you see the death head moth, and people don't realize that that isn't the skull that's traditionally on a death head moth. When you zoom in, it's based off the Salvador Dali. Um, I want to say it was like a photograph he did where he had the seven women laying into make yeah. a skull. And that is what that is on the oh, poster. I that. If you zoom in and have a look at the 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 skull on the death's head, it is mm-hmm. the seven women made to look like that. Me. Is, that is so fucking cool. So, I always used to think, don't you have such a cute little face? <laughs> Your face is so cute. But the rest, of, I actually have on order at the moment, which will be here, should be here tomorrow, a new set of... Um, death moth earrings uh, fucking big ones this time because i have little small ones and i have medium ones and these ones are big fucking huge ones <laughs> i like a big earring um well, this and nobody was... can ever see them when i'm on here because <laughs> i have big headphones on <laughs> this one was only made for 19 million so it was the cheapest one out of the three not a great deal of scenery going on not like, really. Not a, great, a lot of it's either like outside in Bill's house or in the um in the cell. In so the cells. Yeah. So not a great. I mean, they do have that impressive scene where he's being dragged on the with that fucking mask. <laughs> the mask. The mask always makes me laugh. What do you think he's going to do? Exactly like, what he did when he bit the man's nose off, probably. That's why they put him in the But mask. we don't know that yet. <laughs> no. He actually, the word they did just want him in a normal jumpsuit. And mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins said, do you know what would make it more scary is is just having us in plain white? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's almost like an angelic colour. Like, you, you wouldn't associate that with evil. Yeah. So having the jumpsuit on clearly indicates that there's something you know he's done something bad because he's been he's in prison having just him in white makes it even and also you've got the blood splatter as well like that yeah. beautifully goes across him um yeah i'm surprised i'm not surprised with the, the budget on it but the hanger scene itself i could imagine because that's but again that's just a sound studio do you know what i mean like there's not not a great deal to go into that I mean, worldwide, it took two hundred and seventy-two million grossed in the box. That's office. a lot of coin. So when you look at it, it's technically the most successful of the three. I yeah, think. and imagine so. Yeah, oh, it has to be. Hannibal certainly fucking isn't. Oh, it is. 
What? Hannibal was made for a budget of 87 million, which mm-hmm. is a lot. That's a lot. But box office, it took the most. It took 351 million at the box office. Well, think about it. It's a return in film, isn't it? So, of course, people are going to, ah, how clever. So, yes, initial, returning, final. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to come fucking see it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, I mean, not to take too much from Silence of the Lambs because it's set up a lifetime of movie quotes, misquotes. He never says, hello, Clarice, in it no. at all. He says, good afternoon, Clarice. But he never says hello. And everybody thinks he does. It's like that uh, Jaws. Is um, that like a Mandela effect? Is that what is that means? Like that. Yeah. Um, I only learned what that Jaws. was the other day. That, yeah. What was Where, it? Some Someone pointed out, we are the champions. Yeah. And at the end of the, the, the ending part of we are the champions, we no time for losers because we are the champions of the world. Actually doesn't say of the world at the end of the song. What does he say? Doesn't say a thing. The song just ends. I'm telling you. <laughs> I've always sung of the world as well. Of the world. So. It's not, it, it doesn't actually, the person who found the clip said she went through a lot of videos and a lot of, but it's never in the original recording, not played at the end. <laughs> You could have find it, aren't you? I shall. That is my mission after I get off of this. Listen, that was the that was the example that I got of what a Mandela effect was. Was yeah. I mean, it's the same as the Jaws quote. You know, you're gonna, we're gonna need a bigger boat. Everybody always misquotes. What is it? It is you're gonna need a bigger boat. You're gonna you're gonna need a bigger boat because it's not his boat. It no, it's Brody talking to um, Quinn. Quinn. So. You're going to need a bigger boat, but everybody says we're going to need a bigger boat. But they're convinced we're going to be a bit. We're going to need a bigger boat. Is the lyric the line? You could, you should have asked me initially what that would have said, and I would have given you me truthful answer. But now I think I'm seeing it. Yeah, I've always said that. <laughs> well, Jamie you need Kennedy, a bigger boat. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy in Scream Two also brings this up with the uh, the whole um, Ripley thing. Um, Get away from her, you bitch. That one, that's another one it's that people get wrong. From you. Stay away from her, you bitch. Yeah, so... Thank you, Jay. A... Yes, he's talking to Timothy Oliphant. Yes. Yes. Uh, Mickey, and yes, he says, I think you have to find the line is stay away from her, you bitch. This is film class, isn't it? Yeah, and you've got Casey... Um, um, uh, what's Sarah Michelle Gellar. She's there, and... Um, Oh my God! He played Pacey in Dawson's Creek. Oh, um, legend. yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah, from yeah. Jackson, Jackson, something yes. Jackson, Jackson. Let's just call him Jackson. But let's just call him what he is in Dawson in the Dawson. Pacey, Pacey. I've got fucking Joshua Jackson. That's it. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> I know that. I don't know why my brain's not held that in. But yeah, he's in that scene. But yeah, it's that whole Mandela effect thing that happens with a lot of the quotes in Silence of the Lambs. People are convinced he says this thing, convinced he he says that. Nope. Mm -hmm. Have we got any more interesting facts about Hannibal Lecter before we wrap this up? Um, Only that when they, when Jodie Foster turned down the part for Hannibal to return, um, he was um, bloody, um, Anthony was devastated. Mortified. 
I've got the point the where he nearly pull out. I've got the list of the people they had actually offered the part to. Now, it's a long list, and it it's actually quite confusing. Gillian Anderson, Jennifer Aniston, Christina Applegate, Drew Barrymore, Kate Beckinsale, Kate Blanchett, Sandra Bullock, Jennifer Connolly, Kristen Davis, Cameron Diaz, Shannon Doherty, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Callista Flockhart, Bridget Fonda, Terry Hatcher, Helen Hunt, Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Jason Lee, Lucy Liu, Heather Locklear, Alyssa Miliano, Gwyneth Paltrow, Sarah Jessica Parker, Meg Ryan, Winona Ryder, Brooke Shields, and Hilary Swank. Could you not cross any more of a wider scope of no? You could, you could, you could actually, when you started the list, you could actually group a few women in together and yeah. or if that's a that would that that is a choice direction mm-hmm. but not clarice that is someone completely different but then you went further and it just got the louis then dreyfus mm-hmm. that just that there was she's a com- she's a comedian um yeah. christina applegate's a comedian as well so i don't see her play straight that often cameron diaz can do comedian she can do series but comedian is i would see it as probably our strongest suit at that um, point, Sandra Bullock was um, all rom coms. So yeah, that's a, that's a choice. I'm I am not angry. I am not one of these who is angry over the Julianne Moore casting. If no, if Jodie Foster's not going to do it, I'm not angry with that. I fucking love that opening scene to Hannibal where she um, with the mother and the child. I mm. love that scene. I think that is Clarice to its fullest. She went there. There is, there is so much product placement for Gucci in Hannibal for the brand of Gucci because it turned out that Julianne Moore was best friends with Tom Ford and Tom Ford at the time was the head head of Gucci Gucci. yeah so everything in that movie the suits the was that's why they were all dressed amazingly even the Italian uh policeman who should be on a pittance wage was in Gucci suits because Tom Ford and Julianne Moore were best friends so they plucked the crap out of it so I thought that was a that was something. Yeah. Um, they still do tours in Italy around the church. Is it the, the church? All the parts Is where it... the Hannibal was filmed. It, it, libraries and because mm-hmm. they are beautiful buildings. I wouldn't mind beautiful. doing that. I've got to be honest. I, ne- I, I have no fancy for Italy. I'd, I've had the opportunity so many times to go and just no, it does not. It does not tickle my fancy. It does not tickle my fancy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. It doesn't tickle your what now? I um, was heading for funny born <laughs> initially. Too many Fs. Too many Fs. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do know Thomas Harris was only paid. For me, I personally think it's a pittance for what this m- movie made. Mm-hmm. But obviously, they never know what a film's going to make when they buy the rights. Yeah. But for this specific movie, um, he was paid nine million dollars. And the movie made three hundred and fifty-one million. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, that is kind of a bit of a drop. When um, that guy is responsible for this, you huge don't. You yeah. You without, him, of... without his brain, you don't have these characters. These mm-hmm. exceptional characters. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's a. Yeah, I, I like did that. watch a, a behind the scenes of uh, the dinner table 
um, special effects work they did with Ray Liotta at the end of... Oh, Cone. may he rest in peace. I forgot to yeah. say that on the last one. He, um, the special, what they did was they made a full life cast of him and mm. they rebuilt him out of um, like silicon and, and stuff. Oh. And um, to do that scene where obviously... The hair, he, the hair, he scalped him, didn't he? There was this whole section where they had a false... Uh, they put a green ball cap on him mm-hmm. um, and then they put the, the skull back on top for the scenes where you see him and he's talking whilst Hannibal's taking his little chunky chunks. Um, but then there are other scenes where it's just the lifeless dribble and he's mm. sitting there like that. Um, that's the dummy. But the thing is, when they were putting together the um, footage... Ridley Scott said he forgot which one was the dummy and which one was Ray because they looked so like exactly like each other. Yeah. And even they, they do a side by side comparison on the back behind the scenes, and you see Ray sitting next to the, the dummy of himself, and he keeps turning around going, Do I really look like that? Do I really look like that? Not now. <laughs> oh, that was that was that it. was law, Sam. Um well, Tom, <laughs> Tom Sizemore was originally supposed to play um Krendler but he dropped out last minute oh, really so... is brilliant he's the guy just he he touched a movie and it turned to gold mm. he was such a Rock brilliant yeah he oh. makes that movie for me um even like the you know the classic good goodfellas mm. that is fucking that is just a, that is such a brilliant performance from that man i just i'm oh, so sad that we lost him um carolyn was devastated <laughs> absolutely devastated um that scene a lot of people in my cinema walked out when that scene came up <laughs> i'm nah. not even joking they they just got up and walked out now when fucking pussies man come on <clears throat> you know it's not fucking real you knew when he was going into the when he was walking into the home goods posh home goods store mm. and he was saying right i want this and that and that he was picking out the perfect dinner table yeah. So you knew something fucky was going to happen. Yeah. He's a fucking cannibal, for Christ's sakes. I mean, it's about time we see him eat someone. Like, properly eat someone. Yeah, not like... Because the the nose attack is a bit of a defence thing. Like, he's not... It's not. It's not a case of, like, ooh, nose, num num. Like, that's not (laughs) what he's going for. It wasn't for the flavour profile, was it? It wasn't a snack. (laughs) But, yes, this is probably the first time that we see... Mm-hmm. him do him do him him do his whole that because it's got to be like and imagine like a bit of a ritual a bit of a routine kind of you know he's a classy man yeah did you see Saute how he cooked in that season yeah. it all up i mean in theory you're supposed to see that at the beginning of red dragon but they never confirmed that was supposed to be the flutist and i didn't said. know that because yeah. you see him fucking up yeah. And then you go straight to the dinner table and it's like, oh, this guy's been missing for such and such time. And um, and then she says, Oh, by the way, Hannibal, what is in this dish? And it's over blind. He says, If I tell you, I'm so, I'm, I'm afraid you won't eat it. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh shit, you killed that guy. <laughs> I fucking but he would. Him. That's what he'd do. He'd feed that guy to them because they're all pretentious people. Exactly. So but exactly. um you you eat that person. Oh my god! Even though, even imagine like, he didn't, and Buffalo yeah. Bill did kill him. Yeah. They're gonna forever think they ate the flute guy. 
oh, when they find by, out. Yeah. <gasps> that is so psychologically fucked up. So I love the I love the theory that he, it wasn't him mm -hmm. and that was just a genuine meal. But then people for the rest of their lives have to think, <laughs> I've yeah. just eaten a person. Exactly. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If someone put some pork belly in front of me and told me it was human afterwards, I wouldn't be throwing up. I'd probably go, oh, that didn't taste like I thought it would if it was supposed to be people. Um, I'm, I'm I good. Don't know, I don't, I don't know want anymore. This. But... Yeah, I generally don't know how honest this statement is of myself, but I don't think I would either. I'm I, not, I, I am not one of these people who kind of like, yes, my stomach can drop a bit and I can feel a bit <laughs> funny, but it's more of a physical thing. It's more of my extremities getting fucking cold or my hands. I, it's my hands. I don't know what. Like, it's like almost like a nervous thing. I don't know what to do with my hands. And I swear to God, if I feel like I've got a spider crawling up my foot one more time, I, <laughs> every two seconds, I felt like something has crawled up my foot sorry about that um yeah so i get this like nervous thing but it's never a sickly the only time i ever got felt sick once is when i was genuinely eaten i was having yeah. pizza during the scene with the nose um and that did make us feel like oh no i don't i don't want to eat right now i'll wait <laughs> that's the only time though but genuinely if someone put people in front of me and it looked like something else and i was yeah. unaware it was people I wouldn't throw up afterwards because I think it would be more so oh, like, oh, that's not what I, I thought it would be like. Or I would be like, oh, that tastes just like pork. You know, I think my brain would go to that rather than freaking out completely. Yeah, like, fuck just fucking eat a ham. And then maybe in a, a, a day later, I'll be like, who the fuck did I just eat? And is that person still alive? You oh, know? my God, that would fuck with your head. If I, yeah. What, what part of them? are they oh my god the belly or the butt I, I know that that would be the bit that they would serve because that's the bit that you can disguise the best i would imagine <laughs> wow so, well, on, something else. on that note let's wrap this bad boy yeah. up. <laughs> before i go to prison i already have <laughs> i already have my medical human remains behind me and yes I, they are i'm all sorry genuine. i've had a person staring at me the whole entire time do we know who he is yeah. that's that's um ronnie Oh hi, Ronnie! It's nice Ronnie, to... Reggie, and Charlie downstairs. Well, um, it's nice to it's nice to meet you, Ronnie. They're all medical ex medical specimens. So before you call the police, they're actually legally bought um, from universities and uh, doctors. Um, we have the hand that's been mounted up there. That's a genuine. That's what your hand looks like without any skin on it, and that's hi. it. Uh, um, genuine phalanges. So, is that what a phalange is? It's your, your, your digits. So your little Fuck me. tiny little toe bones. That's I when you break your toe. Mm -hmm. This is what you break. These tiny little Kids, you here. are in for a medical treat. <laughs> and that's obviously your ankle. the heel. Um, your heel, that's your heel. Well, yeah, it's part, that's your heel. And your feet so flat. So um, this is obviously old because it's got all the old writing on it from where it was a medical specimen it's got everything is labeled it's a metatarsal you've got yeah so they're all this is why that I is love... incredible i'm i'm very much a um collector of strange shit as you may well have seen but this is the thing that gets me the most right that and i don't know if you can see it very well that tiny tiny little thing there yeah what do you think that is I want to say a tooth, but I'm, it's only because of 
I'm trying that to make out. Uh huh. Is your tailbone? That's how tiny your tailbone is. <gasps> yeah, your coccyx. That's exactly what that is. So, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's the tiniest thing in the world. We all have one of these tiny little tailbones. That is bodies. fucking insane. And therein lies the educational section of <laughs> this week's podcast. Monsters Up North with Danielle. And yeah, uh, if you're not getting interesting facts about stuff. her fucking life, she's uh, taking you through <laughs> medical... What's the word I'm looking for? What That's just like the millionth time I've said this tonight. Medical marvels... <laughs> And giving you giving you an education while she's at it. Jeez, I've always been fascinated that. by the human body. Um, uh, it's, it's me always... too to a certain degree, but it's at a certain stage of life that at my fascination starts. Surprisingly, it's death. Um, <laughs> it very much is. Um, I couldn't give a shit about you're alive. It's when you're dead I'm more mm. interested in. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. We need to stop. Yeah, I've got to stop. <laughs> we're going. Yeah. We're going too far. We're letting we're letting the weirdness out. <laughs> We've contained it very well so far. <laughs> Scrap that last half an hour. Don't know what I said. Nothing. Don't know nothing. It didn't happen. Didn't really happen. <laughs> but it did. And thank you so much for watching our episode of Hannibal Lecter. I hope I hope you've learned some things tonight. If not, <laughs> very than... sorry for the last hour and a bit of your time. <laughs> Other than Danielle wants to eat. Well, not once. Danielle but... doesn't want, but she's not bothered about if she eats a person <laughs> or not. Couldn't give a shit. Oh. <laughs> so we just know she ain't fussy. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, next week. Yes. Next fucking week. We are not on a Monday. No, but why is that, Sam? Why? Why, Where's, why is that, Sammy? Well... It's that magical day that happens every so often. And this time we are going to be covering a great... Oh, God, I can't even introduce it properly. It's Friday the 13th, everyone. (laughs) And we are covering none other than my favourite, your favourite, everyone's favourite. It's got to be because he's fucking amazing. We are doing Jessica. Yes, we Mr. are doing Voorhees. we are doing it, Mr. Voorhees, and we are coming to you on Friday the 13th. Sorry if you are a Trekking Up North fan and who was expecting an episode that day. You will still get one, <laughs> but it will not be on Friday, my friends. No, no. We That's our day taking the spot because we deserve to have a Jason episode out <laughs> on friday the 13th so yes we yes. will not be here next monday but we will be with you on friday for a great episode on jason following week we have lots planned too i'm not going to tell you that now i'll tell yeah. you that later so thanks very much for watching everyone remember to mm-hmm. like share and subscribe you can find us on youtube and more usually on a monday at seven o'clock mm-hmm. but next week remember i'm going to say it again friday seven o'clock friday yeah. the 13th just going to say it one more time friday the 13th seven o'clock Um, (laughs) yes please remember to like i said like share and subscribe find us on itunes and spotify if you can remember to do the whole hearty thing hearts do the hearts do the likes do if you can do reviews that would be fantastic five star reviews 
helps the it helps out with the algorithm and helps other people find us so we can make more monster friends. Friends. <laughs> friends. Special friends. Special friends. And with that, everyone, stay nerdy, everyone. Oh, I've done it again. With with that, everyone, stay nerdy, everyone. Like this sounds so stupid. How ridiculous am I? It's been a long day, people. It's been a long week. Once again, my brain's gone to mush. Let's try this one more time. You ready? Go for it. Stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. Bye.